this out. Well, welcome to the Foundations Podcast. Uh, today is the 24th of June. Yes. Yes. The 24th of June. And uh, we have a real treat tonight. We're really excited because we have uh, Pastor Frank McElhaney and Pastor Scott Cummings from the uh, Shield of Faith in Pflugerville, Texas, Assembly of God. And uh, tonight what we're going to be doing is we're going to be dealing with the subject, where have all the youth gone? Where have all the youth gone in the church? And uh, basically what we're, what we're talking about is that over, I don't know, decade, two decades, what have you, we've seen a significant decline in youth attendance in the church. And uh, what we're gonna do tonight is take a look at possibly some of the reasons, some things that we were noticing and uh, what I'd like to do is not only talk about, um, you know, what the problem is, but I'd like to say, is there any, any hope? Do we have any ideas about what, what, what should we do? Uh, what can we do? And, or are we just at the end of the age and the Lord's coming back and, you know, or what have you. But we're going we're gonna to talk about that. But a couple of uh, uh, housekeeping items before we go on. One thing I do want to tell everybody is that we were really excited that last week uh, our viewership, we had a 975 people viewing this podcast. And the week before it was like in the early 800s, and now we're kind of increasing. And we thank the Lord for that. We know that God is doing what he's doing. And we're, um, and one thing about Back to Basics, one thing about the Foundations podcast, what we're trying to achieve is the fact that we really have a lack of discipleship in the church and in the church world, I would say. I'm not just going to point out one particular church, but the thing here is, is that we have a call to come back and rebuild the foundation in people's lives. So what can we do uh, in uh, the teachings? And uh, <clears throat> there's, I I've noticed, and that's one of the reasons that God called me, and I, I felt the calling on this particular thing uh, back last year, that we would begin doing this, not only the podcasts, as we have the seminars and all that, is that there has been, uh, I've noticed that there's a lot of people that say they're Christian, but they don't like like it. There's a lot of people that, I mean, you look at them, and we were talking a little bit earlier about uh, what we were prepping on social media. You sit there and you look at them, and the, the, they're, they're, they're talking as bad, the, 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 the language, the dirty jokes, the all that type of thing that you're seeing, and you're over here going, well, they say that they're Christian. So what is going on here? 
Well, and, uh, and, uh, and no, not pointing the blame, but the thing is, is that people need their, they need to have a solid foundation in Christ and in, in sound teaching, and we're, we're really talking about sound doctrine and, and all that. And we, uh, so that, that's basically where that came from. And God has put it on my heart. We need to do it. I talked to Pastor Paul and away we went. And we're seeing God move, and we're uh, we're going to continue to do this, and we're just really excited tonight. This is our first time to have Scott and Pastor McElhaney here, and uh, we're going to deal with this subject on youth. Uh, Pastor asked me to mention we are high happy that there was a Supreme Court decision to strike down Roe versus Wade. Now that doesn't mean that it's all over. Actually, I think if we just moved to a different battleground, but we will, that's, but uh, they struck down the Roe versus Wade, and uh, now it's all gone back to the states. So well, there are going to be some states that are going to say no. There are going to be other states that are going to widely say yes, depending upon their political persuasion or what have you. But like I said, this is a whole new ball game for the church. And we, and maybe it's God's talking to us about stepping it up. We, but anyway, we're not talking. That's not our subject tonight. But we did want to mention it. We are current. We come to the people every week, and we do this podcast every week. But we are thankful to God for that overturn. All righty. Well, Pastor McElhaney, give us a little bit of background of your church and that type of thing about you, if you could. Uh, well. I wasn't anything but a heathen, and got uh, got saved, and uh, God called me to preach, mm-hmm. and I kind of told God, you know, I said, if He wanted me to be a pastor, and I thought, uh, you know, God, I don't even like people that much, <laughs> and God said, well, we're going to work on that, and over the years He did, and what happened was uh, I pastored a church uh, in another town for a couple of years and then when I was on staff at First Assembly in Austin for several years okay and then I uh, uh, God wanted me to start a church so Shield of Faith was started in my home in 1988 with uh, about 10 people in a parish so Ten people and a parrot. Yeah, and right and a now we're currently in a in a. We sold our property, and we're currently in a building program trying to get a new church built. That's that's so, that's outstanding. Yeah, and uh, Scott Cummings, talk to us a little bit about you. I'm going to hand you the mic. Okay. Okay. Well, uh, I've been in. I was just say I've been in the ministry since uh, for 26 years. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've actually been uh, the youth pastor youth leader, youth pastor, now associate pastor and youth pastor at our church uh, at Shield of Faith for those whole 26 years. Uh, And uh, knew I was called in ministry when I was a teenager, Uh, didn't serve, uh, ran away from it. It's not what I wanted to do. Uh, Wasn't my career path, I should say. Okay. Uh, and I thought that I wanted to do, uh, but uh, God just kept dealing with me, and uh, uh, and I 
knew I was called into the youth ministry back then. So uh, when I got out of the Marine Corps in uh, 96, I uh, actually just went straight into uh, pretty much uh, doing the youth at our church and uh, been there ever since and love it. Awesome. Awesome. Great. Well, well, welcome both of you. And uh, oh, by the way, here, <clears throat> I'm going to reach into my goodie bag. I'm going to give you to both of you an official Foundations podcast mug. This Thank is you. Not a lot, but I mean, here it is. We appreciate you all coming in and being with us today. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I've been playing with my machine today trying to get those things put out. But um, anyway, we're today. This is this is this is great, uh, Scott. You've been a youth pastor for all this time, Pastor McElhaney. Y'all have the the history uh, in ministry and all that, as well as Pastor Paul here. And uh, and uh, the thing is, is today we want to deal with the subject and the question: Where have all the youth gone? Now. Let me just do a little bit of preamble here. Is that over the past, I don't know, like I said, maybe uh, 10, 20 years, I don't know, in that area, we've seen a significant decline to where we don't have very many youth in our church. Now, here's the thing. <clears throat> if we, you have a worker like we have, like April, uh, uh, who works as a church secretary and uh, with the children and all that. Her children, they come to church on a regular basis. You know, they come and God bless them, we love them, and they come and, and all that. But the, the thing here is, is that then you look around and you don't see a lot more kids, right? Or youth, shall we say. And you ask yourself the question, well, where did they all go? And, and uh, we, we've, and I know Scott, actually, we, uh, back about, what is it, about a year and a half or so ago, we tried a couple of uh, uh, meetings together. Pre-COVID. Hmm? Uh, yeah, pre-COVID, pre-COVID, yeah. We tried a couple of uh, uh, meetings here. We had some good uh, stuff going on here when we did the wave or whatever we called it at that point. Uh, Y'all had a good decent group that would show up. We had a, had a halfway decent group and, and that, but then here we go. And so we asked the question, where have they gone? What has happened here? I, you know, and I don't think we want to sit there and point the finger at somebody or some particular thing, but we really want to ask this question and, and why? Why are we seeing this? Why are the youth just kind of not wanting to come to church? And you know, we may want to add to a scripture we did look at, Proverbs 6, uh, 22, 6, make sure I get the right reference. Okay. And we're all familiar with that, train up a child in the way he should go, and when he's mm -hmm. old, he won't depart from it. So, you know, we, and that's not the only scripture we have to stand on, but that is a pretty, pretty, you know, self-explanatory passage. It's a good promise. Yeah. Yes. And uh, so, you know, th then you get into, well, what does it mean to train up a child in the way you should go? And the scripture tells us how to do that. I mean, it's not, we're not lost on that. And so based on that premise that God has given us a promise, God has given us a, for the better sake of the word, a blueprint from scripture, 
on, on how to do that so that when they graduate from high school or graduate from college or wherever, they're not going to go away, you know. Um, we were doing a pretty good job of it maybe 40 years ago, but why has it suffered? Why is there a change? And we're not talking just about the Assemblies of God. We're talking about across the spectrum of denominations. And uh, so what, what has went wrong? And it does appear, and we talked about this as well, uh, around about 10 years ago, a discernible shift. Uh, and, um, and so I, I guess the question there is, uh, well, Pastor Michael Haney, I, I'm sure you have some ideals about it. We're going to give you the mic so make sure everybody hear you. What do you think? What, what do you think the reason that we're seeing a decline? Well, I'll speak to a, a couple of things. One of the things that uh, Steve said earlier was discipleship. And our youth used to be being discipled, not just talked to on Sunday morning. Or Sunday night, uh, or even in youth group. I know Scott over the years had a, a discipleship program where the youth were included in what was happening. I've been around the world and preached in, I don't even remember how many countries, but most of the countries that I've gone to, the youth do the music, they do the setup, they do a lot of the cleanup, they do uh, I mean, they're actually included in the life of the church. And I think one of the things that has changed in the church here is that we have adults do everything. Yeah. We uh, actually, before, almost everything was volunteer. You know, you didn't have a paid associate pastor, you didn't have a paid youth pastor, you didn't have a paid music group, you didn't have that. Everything was, everything was done volunteers. So one of the things that I think happened, and I think it's important for us to realize, changes in leadership were made that have actually changed the way we do things. Okay. And and we're and the church is I, I promise you that the church is gonna have to adapt. Yeah. Uh, and if we don't, we're gonna continue to see that happen. Okay. And young people Want actually, young people want to have a part. They uh, they want to be, they want to have a role in their life. And you see, at home, uh, under their parents' direction, uh, and if they just come here because their parents do. Yeah. And I'll, I'll let you be on. I'm be honest with you. I have young people. They come to church. Scott, they come to church because their parents tell them you get up and come to church. Yeah. yeah. Now and I don't disagree with that. Okay. I, mean, I would be the same way if I if you were my child, you lived under my roof, you would come to church. You can ask my children. <laughs> but the 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 thing is is that uh, and, and I'm just gonna say from my uh, perspective, I just kinda lost uh, touch with what they want, what they're what they're looking for, mm -hmm. and I, I don't think it's because of my age. It's just because there's been a shift that is uh, that is taking their attention to other places. Uh, Pastor, what kind of shift do you think it is? Well, it's a shift in 
um, economics. It's a shift, a social shift mm -hmm. that's happened. That's really direct. It's really dramatic social shift. Yeah. That uh, has happened even in just the last five years. Sure. But you take and put twenty years on that. People do not act today the way today that we did twenty years ago. No. No. And um, but and. I mean, we can scream and holler and jump up and down and, and say it's not right, but like you said a while ago, it'd be helpful if we had some ideas about how can we swap that, change that back to where the church is an attractive place. Well, you know, to, that, what, what you said about the social thing, we talked about social media, and like what we've done, rather than scream about it, yeah. and it is a problem. Yes. Well... Let's adapt to it. It's not going away. Unless an asteroid comes and knocks out our satellites, it's not going anywhere. Yeah. All right. So uh, <laughs> that's a private. Anyway, it didn't matter. Um, so that's why we're doing what we're doing. And, uh, and, and what we have found is it's hitting a nerve. Um, so it's becoming very productive. So if you can't beat them, well, then play the same game with them, and yet bring out the biblical standards so hopefully uh, it'll reach somebody and one of the things I was thinking about you know we're talking about the young people being involved and and I can relate to what you're saying there as well and uh, but I, I only think back to my life and you know and I realize I'm an ancient dinosaur so at least as it relates to an 18 year old now and uh, so when I was in the church the whole world was much different than it is today we didn't have social media. We didn't have all these kind of things that were going on uh, in the world. Most, it didn't matter whether you had a Democrat president or a Republican president. Yes, they're all pretty much. You know, they're a lot, whole lot alike. Uh, it was just different, and uh, we had a lot, you know, a lot of you know national pride. People trusted their government. They trusted their pastor. They trusted authority. But the one thing that happened to me in that process is that I had what I call a collision course uh, with Christ. In other words, I was drawn by the Holy Spirit to a place of repentance, knew my sins were forgiven, and then was filled with the Holy Spirit. And that changed my destiny. And I've seen God do that throughout all these years with other people. One of the things that I am noticing is I'm not seeing a lot of the uh, the young people today having those kind of experiences, and that to me is troubling. And 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 you, yeah, I think you'll recognize that the time that you're talking about, and the time that I'm talking about, there were several platforms to have that experience. Yes, yes, yes sir. And today, you don't have those, so uh, you you don't generate that kind of response by texting people and saying, no. "Hey, how are you doing?" You know, you generate that in an atmosphere where the Spirit of God is permeating the air, and, uh, and that's and that's where we need to see people do. So I'm going to say this: I believe that one of the things that can really make a difference is if we pray and ask God to let His Holy Spirit touch the hearts people because that's still how people are drawn to the Lord. Yep. Yeah, yeah. And one other thing that I think that could help was when you have young people, let them do something in the church. 
Okay. I, I don't care what it is. I've seen, uh, like I said, in other countries, young people are very included in the life of the church, not just in a capacity that they need to listen to their elders and respect their elders, but included in as a as a vital piece of that congregation. Yeah. And uh, so. And now, as far as social media goes, I'm not your guy. Okay. Okay, I can do yeah. some things, but I know that other people are better at it. Yeah, let's, let, let's ask Scott a minute. What do you, t talk to us about social media. Yeah, I'm not your guy. <laughs> oh, you're not your guy, yeah. <laughs> no, yeah, but talk. I, I don't, look, uh, I, I remember when MySpace yeah, came out, and I, I remember, uh, like I said, I've been in uh, the youth world for a long time. Okay. And uh, you listen to all. Oh, you've got to be on. You've got to be in this platform and this platform. You have to have uh, MySpace and uh, Facebook and uh, whatever. I'm not very good at those. Okay. And uh, I never really, because I spent most of my time looking at them and then I would get things that would pop up on my page that came from some of the youth that wasn't necessarily something I wanted someone else to see. Yeah. Okay. And I was like, uh, then I'd have to have a talk with the youth going, look, if y'all are going to put stuff on your stuff, don't make sure it don't go on mine. Uh, so, I, so when it comes to it, look, I, I know, I know there's youth pastors out there that they have Twitter and, uh, uh, man, I don't even know all of them. Uh, look, I have a Facebook. I know that you talk to me on Messenger. Yes. If you hadn't figured out, it's usually taking me two or three it takes days. Takes you a to little while to, to get back. Yeah. To get back to yeah. you because yeah. it's not something that I deem uh, very important. Yeah. Uh, though, is it a, is it a tool where you can reach people? Yes, but there's so much junk on there now mm -hmm. that even coming from those that are uh, supposed to know better, yeah. to uh, say it in uh, better terms, that like, I, I've seen pastors on there that have said stuff that you're just like, uh, wh why? Uh, you know, and it's to me when you're when you are causing an argument more, yeah. you're, not, you're you're doing more harm than you're doing good. Uh, what started off being a tool to reach, you know, be able to communicate, reach people. Communicate, yeah. To me, I just think it's kind of blown up now to where uh, it, it's not, you see most people with their face stuck into this. Yeah, and, and, and that's that's what we do. We see we see youth that are doing this thing. 30 years ago, this wasn't even here. Yeah. Well, 20 years ago, this wasn't. And I, I remember back in 1992, I was in Okinawa, Japan on a ship when the first time I ever held a cell phone in my hand and I called my wife. I was like, hey, guess what I'm calling you? And the phone went dead. Oh, boy. And he called back. The whole time I was using my minutes. And back then he had a phone call. You had to keep putting, but that's back in the day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So I was using minutes and minutes and minutes. I think it cost me like 30 bucks. 
Yeah, to my, have a two-minute conversation well, with my, my wife. first cell phone was in 1992. It was a little bitty phone with, I think it was AT&T, and it was $30 for 30 minutes. And uh, it was analog. And uh, yeah. so all you could do is just call your wife and say, hey, I'm headed home right now. Bye. Yeah. And the battery lasted about 10. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that, the that battery. Was, low, low had we batteries. stayed there, maybe the world would have yeah. been better. I don't know. Well, but, <laughs> well I, I think a lot of times where we look at technology, Mm-hmm. Where we've gotten, where we say we're better off technology-wise, I think we've just caused a bigger disconnect in people. Well, there's no doubt about that. Uh, social media has made us less social. Uh, True. Uh, we we've uh, well, we dealt with this in our last two uh, episodes. What what are people using as a substitute for going to church, which yeah. contributes to what we're talking about it does, actually, as yes. well. Yeah. And, uh, you know, watching, we, we looked at, first of all, uh, we looked at all the, uh, the internet aspects of it, you know, people watching preachers on YouTube, and we will get back at yeah, that again. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, and, you know, and, and, and we talked about all the problems that we have seen. Uh, with with that, and then the last week, which which was a, really our our biggest uh, watch uh, video in well, yeah, we Spotify, about, yeah. is uh, Christian television. Christian and, television uh, talked about the difference between the first generation of Christian television and now in the second generation. Well, into it, and it's changed a lot. Well, can I say something? One of the things that Scott really does well, young people don't like conflict, but they love competition. Okay. And that's one of the ways that Scott has kept people interested so long is he, he, he has, a, I hate to use the term, a devious mind <laughs> for devising competitions for young people to be involved in. And okay. This is very productive. And like I said, young people don't like conflict. Yeah. And they, uh, and, and really in today's world, with uh, even on social media, the bullying and stuff that goes on, they, they, they don't like conflict so much, but they do love competition. Yep. And, and so I, I think that I would throw that in the mix. I think we could have the competition. competitions that yeah. young people could uh, be involved in. Um, that I, I think that would be beneficial. Uh, they love that. Even the kids love that. They, sure. Kids love doing the, those kind of things. I don't care if it's a hula hoop competition or anything like that. And the if the pastor better. gets involved, if they can get you involved, yep. uh, Pastor Paul, they'll love that. Yep. Yeah. You yeah. Know? yeah. And and so Scott would drag me into stuff sometimes. I've I've done uh, I've done uh, sprinkler head dance, and I don't know what all you know. Trying <laughs> sprinkler to, head and, and dance. I, so and you have to understand, I, I'm not real good yeah. at that kind of stuff. Young people respect me. But Scott can build a rapport with them where they, you know, hold me kind of at all. Well, well, Pastor, I can tell you how you can break that mode. It's something I did a number of years ago. And, uh, well, like I said, I was talking about when I was at Santa Fe, Texas. And uh, this, this was when we were still in our old building. And I had been threatening to uh, do a, a, a message about uh, spiritual immaturity. And uh, so I was going to dress up in a diaper. Oh. And uh, so I did. I had a bib on. I had a pacifier. I had a diaper. And uh, and I tell you what, those youth that were in that church at that time, I guarantee you could ask any of them and they'll remember that. Oh, yeah. Yep. And that's, so that's, that, that broke yeah, the mode. Yeah, they, 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 they remember right that. Yes. That did. Yep. I, it, it's humiliating. 
especially I wasn't on social media back then, but people I'm understanding it went all over social media, but I'm kind of glad I missed that. Yeah. At that time. Well, that's good. That's outstanding. I tell you, one of the best attended services I had when I told everybody Sunday morning that night I was going to preach on monkeys. And everybody came, people I'd never seen before came, young people too, but I preached on hear no evil, see no evil, speak no evil. <laughs> <laughs> I with that. But I told them I was going to preach on monkeys. So. But, but I think, and not gimmicky, but something that invites the young people to uh, prove themselves, so to speak. Sure. And a discipleship, I think, is important, but discipleship isn't done at just a, a youth meeting. Discipleship is done. I've watched Scott do it with young people over the years, visit with them, sit down, talk to them, help them do things. And then we have people in the church that if they, young people that need a job or something to do, they'll, they'll reach out and help them and do yeah. that kind of thing. So smaller churches, I'll tell you what will happen. Okay. It's smaller churches when your young people don't have anybody to fellowship with, they'll go to another yes. church. Yep, they will. Where they're at. Yes. And so yeah, I was I was reading about that. I was reading, Pastor, and I was just doing some of the research, and one of the big things that they said was that the young people felt disconnected yes. from the church. They do. They felt disconnected. Now, um, and then, so we said, well, what, what should we do? Should we adapt? Now, as a pastor in, in, uh, in a church, you know, say like our, our music. Now, I, I just happen to know you have Jade there. You have a good, uh, those girls there, uh, tremendous um, uh, music and praise and worship and that type of thing. And you said, we're talking about getting them involved. Um, that, yeah, that, they're very good at that. Do you change the type of music? Do you change the type of music uh, to whatever they like versus what the other people in the congregation? I can answer that. Yes. No. <laughs> no, you don't. We, we, uh, we, uh, uh, we actually have young people and we have older people. Yes. So we have a pretty, I'd say, pretty good mix mm -hmm. of songs. And uh, so I've seen both groups come together on things. And I'm, I sing, I, I'm, old country style gospel. Oh, yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. And uh, and they get a kick out of that. Yeah. You know, they'll they'll come and tell me. But I think what it is more than the style, I think it's the heart. Yep, okay. Of what you're doing. Speak more to that, the heart. I, I'm thinking, you know, if you're doing it because you love them and you love the Lord, that's what's going to make a difference. As a, as as try, as and instead of trying to appease either group okay you know I, i've had uh older people come up to me and say well i wish you'd sing some of the old songs out of him you know mm -hmm. well i really want to look at them and say get a grip you know but i don't and so i talk to our worship leader and we incorporate an older song or two that doesn't hurt us and sure and the young people do too but the worship really isn't the choice of your songs. 
if the worship team worships, the people and the youth will worship too. So you think it's genuineness? Oh yeah, Gen absolutely authentic. Well, Lindo Cooley, uh, I heard him in an interview about this. He was the worship leader at Brownsville Revival for many years. And one of the things he was saying to, to worship leaders was, if they love you, oh yes, they'll follow you. Absolutely. And so he was talking about relationships and, and being, and you that's know, still, how you yeah, relate to people. And in other words, and you become a worshiper yourself, people will follow you. Well, I think you could go around with this table right now. We'd all have different styles sure. of music that oh, yeah. we drawn to. Mm -hmm. But it doesn't mean when we come to church, and to me, this is the way I always, this, my daughter's uh, our uh, worship leader at church. Uh, and, uh, you know, one of the things I was telling her, even when she was younger, I kept telling her, I said, look, your focus needs to be on what it's supposed to be about in the first place. It's worshiping God. Doesn't matter what kind of song you sing. There's some hymns that I still love to sing, and they're worship hymns because they're about God. Yeah. Now, there are some newer songs that are out there. There's some newer ones that are out there. I don't even understand what they're saying. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, we don't sing those. That's our top ten the other yeah. day. But the thing is, is that the focus is supposed to be on God in the first place. Yes. And even for those that are sitting in the audience and listening, and if your focus isn't on God, then you're not going to enter into worship no matter what type of song is being sung. And, and I'm going to say, too, if the pastor loves the youth, the youth are going to love the pastor. Mm -hmm. And I'm not talking about the youth pastor. I'm talking about the pastor of the church. Yep. And you have to, you have to put yourself out there and let them know that you recognize that they're in your service and let them know that they're an important part of your church. And that's on the pastor, that's not on... I, I wanna take it even a step, uh, a step. You mentioned earlier about getting, getting uh, the young people involved. I take it even a step further, even as a youth pastor, it starts with the children's church. It's even getting the children involved in the church. And one of the things that I've learned over the years is that when you get children involved, and I mean from your elementary age kids, you get them involved in church, when they get old enough into that middle school, high school age, and they, they're they still able to be active within things within the church, that just adds to it. That makes them excited. It makes them feel it that they're a part. So that disconnect that you see a lot in churches today is because they've actually stopped allowing the kids to be a part of the service, to be active on stage. Find out what they can do. I mean, I love it when I watch little kids get up there. I think one of our, my favorite services is when we do our Christmas service and the kids do their own Christmas pageant. Yeah. It cracks me up. Now, does it run perfect? No, because the kids don't ever run anything perfect. But that's part of the that's part of the best part of it, and uh, and just letting them participate and let them feel like they're part of something builds, and it just builds. And I'm blessed at our church that we have a great children's pastor. Hmm. That she takes the kids from there and she's preparing them to yeah. come into youth. Hmm. Uh, and then when they come into youth, 
my job is to take it and hopefully get them prepared to where they can become active in the main body of this, the main body of the church and become a but they need to feel that connect all the way along. But I truly believe it starts with the children. And one of the things I've learned yeah. is that you get kids involved, especially kids that when their parents don't come to, come to church, you start getting that kid involved and all of a sudden that kid's doing things within the church. They're different, they start behaving differently. Well, mom and dad start going, well, what, what's made the difference? And then all of a sudden you start seeing them sitting in the church and then all of a sudden you start seeing them after a while, they're starting now to get involved. But you're talking about mom and dad. I'm talking about mom and dad. Okay. Now, that's one thing the pastor, you, we were talking about before. You were talking about what happens when you cannot get the parents to be dedicated in the church. And does that effectively, does that, that, does that affect the youth? And I would I would say it does. I mean, hundred percent. Because I mean, this would be true of our church, and, and according to the Barnard Report, it's true of a bunch of churches. But you have people uh, that do have children, and even have youth, and we have difficult times uh, getting them to bring them to Sunday school because they don't come to Sunday school, uh, and then and the inconsistencies of, of coming to services. And, uh, and what almost every parent that I've ever seen in this condition, they don't come on Wednesday nights, so there's that too. And so these children we're talking about, if they don't have driver's license and they don't have the ability to come, they're not coming. And so that, that goes back to our, you know, our Proverbs 22, 6, train up a child in the way he should go. And when he is old, he won't depart from it. So if, if you, it's like I've sat down in counseling situations with parents before, and uh, and I've told them flat out, I've told them a mom and a dad, and I've just been very blunt and said, look, you know, I've given them this scripture. You're not doing this. You're not you're not taking God's word seriously when it comes to instruction, discipline, training, and uh, and I said so. You know. If you're going to continue to do this, here's what's going to happen with your kid. Your kid's not going to grow up loving God. He's not going to go to church. Don't cry to me about it later. You cannot stand on this promise if you don't do what this promise says. Yeah. So there's how, but, 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 but what well, you said before, how do we get those people to see, especially if they're entrenched in social media, whether that's, you know, watching all this stuff or, or Christian television, and they're using those as substitutes instead of going to church, it takes a work of the spirit. I mean, because I, I you can talk to people all you want to, you can, but it, but unless God draws them, that's right. you know, they're, you know, so that, that gets to issues of prayer, uh, fasting, um, you know, relying on the Holy Spirit. The Lord help us. Yes. Yeah, and, and, and that may seem like an overly simplistic answer to that, but you spoke to it, and I believe it's true. I, I think that we uh, just need to realize also that, that young people today are making decisions for themselves way before they used to. Yeah, yeah. I'm thinking kids 12, 13 years old today are making decisions for themselves where they weren't doing that 
until they were 18, 19 years old before. So that's been because of accelerated responsibilities put on them because I could think of a number of different reasons, but the thing that we, I, I still will stand by, the thing that we need to do is we need to seek God yes. and uh, let His Spirit touch the hearts of the young people. They are sensitive to the Spirit. Now, I've been to youth services where I would have loved to have the microphone. Okay. Because they just all out Eat worship God. Yep. Yeah. And uh, then uh, they they don't have any uh, anywhere to take that. You know what I mean? They go from that kind of service back to their church. Yes. Their mom won't take them, or their dad won't take them, or they don't have any part, or they don't have anything like that. So that runs out pretty quick if there's not some kind of support that the church has built into it. They're a consistency, say. You, you 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 go to camp, and I know we've we've gone to camp, and there's been oh the people the kids were just getting touched and they were at the altar and you got pictures and they were getting baptized and they were all this, and then they come back to the church they're fired up at first, but then a few weeks later what happens? Yeah, it goes downhill. Yeah, because their the ministry was geared toward them, and. In a general congregation, the ministry is not geared toward them. It's geared toward, I'm just going to be honest with you, it's mostly geared toward adults. And we we do that for a couple of reasons. One, the adults have more money than the youth do. Yeah, come on. And they're the ones that are contributing and supporting the church. And, but if we can bridge that gap just like now they're not coming they're fading away but if we can turn the tide of that to where they're coming back in then I think that'll even help the parents Oh yeah. I think that would even uh, cause uh, some excitement among the parents and I know mm-hmm. that some of us pastors would get excited again yeah okay um Okay, let's. I'm, I'm gonna. I'm gonna circle back around. I'm just kind of taking a look in our last twenty minutes. I'm gonna circle back around. I'm gonna talk about social media for a minute. Social media, by nature, is it sinful? It can be. But is it is it something that we need to preach against? Or is it something that we need to figure out how to use it properly? That's not an easy question to answer. Uh, Because to be honest with you, it starts at the home. Really, a lot of these these things that we're talking about, these issues and things that you're talking about, start at home. Okay. And uh, I, I know my kids had social media. They had all kinds of things. There, there wasn't a single thing or a text. Now, you may think we were hard on our kids. Uh, our kids, they had all kinds of friends and uh, that they texted and uh, got stuff from that we didn't stop them from who they text. Okay. 
but they weren't allowed to delete anything on their phone. So, and my wife more looked at them more so than I did. I looked at them, I was like, you, you can't talk to that individual no more. That person, that person, that. I was a lot more, a lot more. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're being a father, right? Uh, yeah, right. But my wife would be like, no, no, you can't be that way. You know, just, you know, they need to tell them that, look, you can't, don't talk that way or act that way or do whatever. Well, yeah. we had some rules that we set up with our kids that we were. So my point is that parents have to be involved. Okay. Now you look at it today, there isn't one single thing that you can really point to why there's a downfall. There's many things that point yeah. to why. Okay. Uh, and, and we could spend hours talking about uh, just one particular area. Uh, you look at the home. To me, the downfall of the home structure is is one issue in it because uh, uh, young people today don't have the structure that they had 30, 40 years ago or go further. You have a lot more single parents today uh, to where you're talking about how do you get youth to come? Well, mom and dad may not even be able to bring them or take them yeah, they may be at that time because of yeah. whatever the issue is at the home. So the home part starts there and it starts with the parents. Uh, and, and you look at a lot of the disconnect in, in our young people today, it starts in the home. Okay. Uh, and it starts it starts with uh, the parenting aspect of it. They have to be that with in order for that to thrive, that has to be a good strong structure and it needs to be. Uh, so I've watched it over the years and I've watched how that structure is just fragmented and the more it fragments, the worse it gets. yeah and uh, and a lot of times it's even harder to, to reach uh, these young people, uh, because the disconnect is is just there. There's no no authority there. There's uh, there's no one that they actually look up to or uh, respect. Uh, especially when you talk about authority yeah. uh, uh, positions. Uh, so I mean, there's all kinds of different factors, and uh, you know, I could go different things. I, I've seen I've seen them where they've uh, you know. You got new folks that come to the church and they have teenagers and you're like you're you run over there and you hey i'm the youth pastor and you shake their hand hey you know we have youth on this night and this night but they look around and you know there may only be 12. yeah they're like ah. and you end up finding out later on that you know you see them later on or they're at another church that had a bigger youth mm -hmm. and it's a lot of times we'll a lot of times we'll go to churches that fit our needs not necessarily what God tells us to go. And I'm always under the impression that we're supposed to go where God calls us to go. Yeah. And and a lot of times that you don't see you don't see things grow in the church is I, I really feel that you have a lot of people that are not obedient to God when they're telling them to come. Well, I mean, you know, scripture, we we spoke about this uh, in another podcast about the body of Christ. And the scripture says that God sets each member in the body as he chooses. And of course, Paul's writing that to a local church in Corinth. And uh, so that means that God selectively puts you in whatever church you're going to be in. And that doesn't, that's not your choice. We, we talked about you, about ministry, about wanting to do this or that. I mean, I knew I was called into ministry even before I knew, you know, got the definitive nature of it. But as far as pastoring a church, that wasn't 
even in my top 100. I had a different ideal about that. Now, but we we obeyed the Lord. Yes. You know, and did that. Um, so you know, yeah. There's that's an ideal of that. You know, you would hope that all your parents would be people who are actually following the Holy Spirit. And and I have my opinions on why I think there's a breakdown with that. I think social media has contributed, but I don't think that's the whole of it. Right. Uh, I, I think the the big thing is is that there hasn't been the atmosphere created in the local church where people can be touched by the Holy Spirit. And, uh, and, and, and I mean, we, we talked about that. You gotta have an avenue where, where God can move on people. I, you know, when I was a kid, I can relate to this. I can remember many a Sunday nights, uh, you know, people uh, young and old would linger around altars, praying, nobody, I mean, you know, you might be up there 30, 40 minutes, and there's a good number of people up there praying, everyone else left. You know what I mean? But you, you, you saw this. So you had older people, you had younger people, you had teenagers. And that dynamic is not very prevalent in any church. Not anymore. Uh, and then as it relates to that Proverbs 22, 6, it goes back to that again. Train up in the ch a child the way they should go. Uh, one of the, I'm so glad with my children uh, that they were never on social media when they lived with me. You know, I, I mean, I didn't have to fight that war. What I had to fight was text messages. I could relate to what you were saying there. I just still remember my uh, youngest daughter saying, we can get unlimited text, we can get unlimited text. I said, you don't need unlimited text. <laughs> you don't and we have wars about this. Yeah. And uh, when and they should have a phone. Uh, yeah, well, that was the other we, thing. Uh, everybody else has a phone, and that's what I, I kept hearing for the longest time with, with my girls. Uh, that, uh, you know, well, because I mean, some of them elementary, they had phones and everybody was like, well, who are you gonna text? Yeah, exactly. I was like, who are you really gonna text? I said, you're in class with most of them all day. Yeah. I said, when you come home, you're with us. And you're not really, because they're not of the age to where, you know, we're just gonna let them run around, uh, you know. Not like when I was young. <laughs> when I was younger, just get out of the house, don't come back till we call you. You know, you can't do that today uh, at all. Uh, but uh, I mean, that always cracks me up, but they, they had to have a phone, they had to have a phone. And it, it just never really made sense to me why you had to have a phone. Uh, you know, I, I gave, actually both my kids, they got their phones when they turned 12. I don't even remember you know, what our kids were talking about. Is that sin? When radio came out, they preached that radio was a sin. sin. Yeah. <laughs> people started oh, preaching, preaching on it. it. Came to television when too. Television, yeah. they would literally get behind the pulpit and say, "You allow the devil in your home through, yeah. the, uh, through the television." I don't disagree with that, but again, it became a tool for ministry. Yes, I, I think. Uh, Billy Graham actually utilized that too very well. Yeah, he did. He didn't have to, but he did. Uh, and now we have, uh, and I'll be honest with you, okay, I've got a Twitter account, I've got an Instagram account, I've sure. got my YouTube account, I've got a Facebook account, I've got all of that stuff, and I broadcast, I do a broadcast in the mornings. Sure. Uh, Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday at 6.30 in the morning, I'll do a broadcast, it's a little devotion. Mm -hmm. 
So my point is, it's not going away. No. It's going to continue to evolve. We either use it as a tool yes. for God or just let the devil have everything. And I'm going to tell you, I don't care what the devil likes, don't like, wants to use. I'm against it. So if I can take it out of his hands, even for 30 minutes, okay. you know, and use it for good, the good of God, that's what I'm going to do. And I don't care if it's what it is. Yeah. Now, I may have to help have my daughter help me log into my account. There you go. But I can get <laughs> on there, and uh, you know, and, and I can do the I can do those kind of things because I've recognized over the years. It's just like contemporary music. Mm-hmm. You you went through this just like I did. I I I, I saw youth groups literally go out of existence because people in authority just absolutely did not like contemporary Christian music. Yeah. You know, right? Now, it's rare to find a church that don't have some contemporary Christian music. Yeah. And it's just a refusal to adapt. Now, let me tell you what I heard. At the, I was at the Dream Center. I used to go take a group of young people out to the Dream Center. You know where you're familiar with Dream Center? Yeah, I used to, when they had the pastor's conference, I used to take a group of six or seven every year of the younger people, my leaders. And one of the things that I heard said was, uh, and actually it was, uh, I think, Matthew Barnett with uh, talking about illustrated sermons. Mm-hmm. And he said, you need to realize it's not the methods that's sacred. It's the message that's sacred. Yes. So the message of the gospel of Jesus Christ has got to get out there, but the method we use may change. And so uh, people may look at me, uh, and young people, like I said, young people kind of hold me at arm's length. They respect me, but they still love me, and I love sure. them. And we got wait. I try to cultivate, continue to cultivate that relationship as a pastor. Yes. Not as a youth pastor, not as a buddy, you know, but to let them know that they have somebody to talk to if they want to talk. Yeah. And, uh, and and that's the thing. So I think we need to utilize the tools. Don't let the devil have them. Whatever he, that you think the devil is, take it back. Yeah. And we, we you know, let's just, let's, let's not uh, uh, beat ourselves up about it. Uh, it's not going away. No. In it's fact, not. it's going to evolve even more, and uh, I'll yeah. stand as much as I can. But um, and that's what we're we're doing here tonight. And uh, yeah, yes, we're, u- we're utilizing something that we know that it's a problem, but yet it's there. Yeah. And so we're using it for something that might make a difference. And it reaches people that you wouldn't be able to reach behind the pulpit. That's right. Yeah. Well, like I said, we're borderlining on a thousand people on the uh, the last podcast we did. We're not yep. bragging ourselves on that. No. We're kind of shocked. <laughs> I was to shocked. Be honest. I and, uh, what's going on. And it's like, yep. wow, who wants to listen to us? But I guess. Well, the, the thing is, is that we, you know, this is back. God started dealing with my heart because I, I'm a programmer. Okay. I've, I've been in this thing for 30 years. 
or actually more 36. Oh, I don't want to think about how old I am. Anyway, but I, I've been into it for all those years. I know how to do all this stuff. I know how to do this. I know how to cut videos. I know how to do audio. I know how to get on these, uh, these places and utilize these uh, services. And he said, uh, you know, I didn't, I didn't let you learn that for nothing. And so I started saying, okay, and so that's why we, we got that, uh, God started using, uh, started, and he said, take your tools that I taught you how, or uh, learn, you, know, you learned how to do, and use them for me. And that's why we started to do this. And uh, the, the thing is, is I, I got, and I started looking at like, um, um, where was it, Instagram. They allow hour-long videos and I'm yeah. over here going uh, hour-long videos I said well some of our video or our podcast well can we put them on there well don't know if it's the actual is if that's the the best venue for the podcast we're doing the podcast on Facebook uh, YouTube uh, you know audio all of this type of thing and so Scott started de dealing with me and I've already talked to pastor about doing something different with Instagram. Actually, you can just connect it right to Instagram and go right on there. Yeah. And the, the thing is, is that, but the thing is, uh, well, and what's saying that we couldn't, that God couldn't give us some sort of idea about how to reach out to youth yes, on the social media? Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Okay. okay. Or how to use to reach out to children. We used to make videos. We do. We we do uh, actually do a children's broadcast on Sunday morning. Yep. Okay. We, we used to do videos, and I still have them. They're, they're pretty bad, but they're funny. <laughs> okay. Not really. They were pretty good. I mean, they were good for their time. <laughs> now, uh, but it was a way to get kids involved. And, yeah. and, and, and the thing is, is just getting kids involved. Uh, you, you, know, you know, I know we're getting towards the end of the time, and I really want to get on uh, the, talk, the topic about how do we get kids back. Okay. Now, I can't say this. There's not a blueprint, and I said that earlier in the beginning. There is a blueprint uh, for any of this. You have to find out what works for your church. But I can't say this, uh, especially when you're talking about youth. One, you need a youth leader a youth pastor that that is their desire in your church that's where it starts and as I said youth leader or youth pastor you need somebody that's willing to step into that position that's on fire that wants to reach to you and that's many their desire ways. not just oh you want it's to minister well we got a place over here at the youth that it has to be something that is burning within them. Okay. Uh, now, when I was the sectional rep, one of my favorite things to do is actually work with churches and work with the youth pastors on how to uh, help their church. Uh, now, one of the things is, is like I said, you have to have that. That person has to be there. That's, that's a key. Uh, and you could have a youth doing it. It doesn't have to be an adult. It, it could be a youth that starts it. You know, the prayer is to get somebody in there that can get others to come. 
that yeah. are willing to build it, willing to that that has that drive in it. You got to have that. <clears throat> also, start getting getting them involved in the church aspect. Mm -hmm. uh, I know uh, with our youth at our church right now, most of them are helping Carla in the back with the children's church. Okay. Uh, and then a lot, uh, several other ones uh, were a little bit different now because our structure is different because of our building phase. But when we were actually in the building, our youth were involved in uh, up on stage with music ministry. They were back yeah. in the sound room. Sound. Uh, we, we were getting them involved and not that we were pushing them. We were like, hey, they come to us going, look, we want to work here. We're going to do this. We're interested here. All right. Give them the opportunity, and you'll, I promise you, you'll be more amazed uh, than you will anything. Get them involved. Then, with that leader that is there, look, I, I've done all kinds of things. But I can tell you this, the one thing I wanted to do as a youth pastor, above anything else, was being an example to them of who God was. Amen. That's who they saw. No matter what was going on, can they see that in me? And I thought that was the most important part. And I still think that's one of the most important parts, is that they have that person that they can count on, that they can look up to and respect. That isn't wishy-washy here and there. Yeah. There is a solid foundation. That's important. I've been blessed in the years uh, of doing this that we have, I have seen uh, youth grow up in the church to their leading ministries within the right. church. Yeah. I've seen them. I'm actually, I've been doing this so long now that I have youth that was in my group that now I am still their youth pastor to their kids. You well, know, you're also dealing with longevity. Well, key. I'm, yes. I'm, I'm, I'm going to tell you something that was important. Have I had opportunities to go somewhere else? Yes, I have. Have I thought about going somewhere else? Thought about it. Bottom line boiled down to, God's never told me to go anywhere else. It's never gave me that release. And that's one of the things even, you know, I sit there and talk with my wife and going, I haven't been released to go anywhere else. And I want to be where God wants me to be. Yes. <clears throat> and I've enjoyed something that a lot of youth pastors don't, because a lot of churches, Average, your youth pastor lasts two years. That's right. And they're gone. And you're getting another one. And I can tell you, that is a disconnect within the church, especially with the youth. Mm -hmm. Because they're not getting, they're not getting that, uh, that person that they can actually look up to on a long period of time. Yeah. And that, that person doesn't get to grow with them. Some churches have that same problem with pastors. Yes, yes, yeah. yeah. That's true. Well, you know, uh, we are coming up on our time. I think what might be nice is to have Pastor Mike Penny pray. Okay. Can you uh, get the mic and uh, just say a prayer for all of us? There's a lot of people that'll be 
watching this and listening to this and a lot of pastors and leaders and Christians. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for your great grace and I know the love you have for every age group. But God, we stand before you tonight as pastors, church leaders. God, we just pray in Jesus' name that you'll allow the anointing of the Holy Spirit to flow through us. To flow through us, to touch the youth in our congregation, the youth in our city, the youth in our area, to where they have a heart to know more of God. Mm. Holy Spirit, we pray right now that you would flow through every neighborhood, every home, every household, and touch the hearts of the young people and turn them to God so that, Father, we could see church come alive with you. Yes. And we pray right now in the name of Jesus that you not only give us wisdom, but you give us the ideas, the ways that we can communicate with young people that will cause them to want to be a part of your kingdom. And Lord, we'll always give you all the glory and honor because we come to you tonight in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Amen. Well, thank you, Pastor Frank, and thank you, Pastor Scott, for coming and sharing with us. And um, this has been good. I mean, there's some good. Uh, have you all enjoyed some of this? Have, have you enjoyed uh, this this evening? Yes, we have. Yeah. Audience. Yeah. And, um, you know, the, the thing is, is that we want to be able to reach out. That's our call. That's our mission. That's what God has told us has, has the great commission. It extends to the youth as well as to the older people as well. It extends as well to the youth as well as to the children. And well, that's what this ministry is all about. Yeah, we named it Foundations Podcast. Uh, we want to have a foundation, whether you're a youth, a child, older adult, you know, it doesn't matter that you have a good foundation because if you don't, well, there's going to be a problem. That's right. And so, we're trying that's to right. be part of the solution to it. I, I love your scripture verse because that's really that I use that all the time because that's. Read that again. That's me. That's me to a T. That's Proverbs twenty-two six. Train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. That's awesome. All righty. Well, thank you for tuning into the podcast. Here, we didn't go too far over tonight. That was good. And thank you too for coming with us. And hopefully, in the future, we'll have another subject we can get together and we can also uh, we enjoyed having you here yes, and we appreciate we appreciate it very much well, thank you so very god bless you all and uh, we'll see the rest of you and talk to the rest of you next week on the foundations podcast be blessed
da 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 da